0: Hello out there. This episode of the Old Green Plane Podcast is brought to you by Flight FlightFlix. Wondering what is FAA approved when it comes to camera and aircraft mounts to make that next aviation video of yours look that much better out in the bush? Any application, any aircraft, their team consisting of IAA mechanics, experienced pilots, and engineers will work with you to find a solution. Ask Flight FlightFlix about their certified FAA-friendly and safe... I like that word, solutions. And Colin and I and 6.2 Tango Butch, we uh, are super excited about what Flight Flicks and we have been working on together, and we're really excited to show you in this year's videos um, just some amazing stuff, some mounts for our 360 cameras, Um, just nuts, the setup that uh, we've been working with the team at Flight Flicks to get ready for you. And you can have all that too. All you got to do is go to flightflix.net. That's F-L-I-G-H-T, Flix, F-L-I-X, dot .net. Again, FlightFlix.net. We'll also have the link um, in the show notes. And also, uh, another sponsor for this episode of the Old Green Plain Podcast is brought to you by Nebraska State College System, serving over 9,000 students through three geographically diverse institutions, Chatham State, Prue State, where I played baseball and went to, as well as Wayne State, which offer collectively, between them, more than 200 degrees, certificate, and pre-professional programs that are accessible on their campuses, online, and in several locations throughout the great state. With more than 270 credentialed faculty members and over 50,000 successful graduates, the Nebraska State College System provides significant human and intellectual capital that contributes to the current and future strength of the great state of Nebraska and, honestly, states right around us. So if you or anyone you know, maybe a cousin that needs a jolt to get back into college like I did years ago, and they want to learn more about which great institution is better for them, you or anyone you know, or if you just want to learn the ways these colleges are making an impact in the areas they serve, go to www.nscs.edu. Again, that's www.nscs.edu. Dot edu. Okay, this episode of the Old Green Plain Podcast, man, it's been a while, hasn't it? You know, we live lives, right, just like you, and uh, we had to get some stuff ready. We've been preparing, Colin and I, for this season, so we're excited to shoot and record the first of our podcasts this year, and we're excited about what we got coming up. Uh, definitely this year is going to be... Um, Interesting, (laughs) exciting, all those words all in one. Um, Not only from uh, what I mentioned before about the new upgrades we've had to old 62 Tango as it relates to our video and audio capabilities, but really just overall the plane. And this episode is kind of a chance to take and say, you know, really thank you to some of those key people who made that happen at Silverhawk Aviation. So, our, uh, our guests on this episode are Gene Luce. Um, who is the head of kind of the mechanics and avionics team there at Rock Aviation, as well as his team leads um, and just great employees. Uh, we had uh, three others on there with us. Scott Long, uh, who has himself uh, got his own IG following. Yeah, check him out. It was super interesting. Uh, ben Taylor uh, and Jordan Springer. Um, and really all of them collectively. It was just an awesome group of guys to sit down with Colin and I uh, to talk about not only the upgrades and the different changes coming our way for our um, 6-2 Tango for this season and all of the seasons, hopefully. Uh, but also, uh, just talk about kind of what's going on. What are those things maybe if you're a pilot right now or uh, if you're just interested in aviation and you got questions about you know, what does it take and what does it uh, constitute to keep your plane up to grade and make sure everything's safe and ready to rock and roll for this flying season, we talk about it. Or if maybe you're like me, who's interested in the future of uh, flight and aviation, uh, specifically flying cars, <laughs> yeah, you guessed it, we get into it. We get into lots of, lots of different stuff, so whether you're an aviation fan, you're a pilot, or not, there's really something for you on this. It was a fun, fun podcast to shoot, one that I just, I'm really glad to show off now. So I'm going to shut up. I'm going to let you get into it. This episode of Old Green Plane Podcast, where Colin and I sit down with the team behind the brains, behind... Uh, really getting old butch ready for this season on that next episode of the green plane podcast
1: Craig in uh, Lincoln Nebraska Silverhawk we've got the whole team I wouldn't say the whole team but we'd say I'd I'd probably say the the brains and the heart behind the the maintenance side of things Um, go ahead and introduce yourselves uh,
0: if you would yeah who wants to grab that one first (laughs) we're calling this
2: gene Uh, I've been with the company uh, going on 28 years now and it's an amazing evolution along the way and these guys have been part of that evolution and uh, I know without them, we wouldn't be where we are today. So I'll let them say a little bit of where we're at, and we'll just keep on clucking like a bunch of hens here. <laughs> nice. You know,
1: I can't wait to hear it. We'll get back to you, Gene. I can't wait to hear your story about 28 years and, and some of the ups and downs you've uh, you've experienced. Off to my right is Jordan. Jordan's responsible for a lot of a lot of stuff on 6'2 Tango. And uh, so, so tell us about yourself, Jordan.
3: Hi, yeah. I'm Jordan Springer. I've been at Silverhawk for 21 years. Something like that. It's hard to remember.
1: Your um, work anniversary is old enough to have a beer now.
3: Yep, uh, that's true. It that <laughs> makes me feel really old. <laughs> Luckily, this is just a recording, so you can't see how much gray
1: I've gotten from this place. But <laughs> well, I can, and let me tell you, that's quite impressive, sir. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Off to jeans right is Scotty Long, yeah. and, and Scotty is uh, been a blast to follow on Instagram uh, for you listeners. Yeah. Scotty G. Long on Instagram.
4: Check him out, right? That's right.
2: And the G stands for good looking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I doubt
4: that. Uh, yeah, good morning, guys. Uh, my name is Scotty Long, and uh, I've been uh, with Silverhawk now going on uh, 14 years mm-hmm. as the chief inspector. And I worked down the street. I probably shouldn't say their name, but uh, for right at 20 years uh-huh. uh, before that. And then before that, I was military, active duty Marine Corps, and then and an active uh, Army, Army Reserve through Desert Storm. But so yeah.
1: in, in, in the marines now the, the marines are the guys that hitch rides with the navy right yeah with the navy yeah yeah yep. yep. it's a great branch yeah. right i mean we love yeah. to take you guys around and uh, oh yeah nah, so. and I,
4: I learned a lot of respect for the navy being aboard ship uh the, they took half of our job away and those guys and gals work really hard yeah
1: so. well thanks for your service man well That's thanks awesome. for your
4: service uh off to
1: his right we have Ben the man. Now Ben was a former radio personality, so this should be pretty uh pr- pretty uh normal for you my am, am I right. Is that
0: right? You were really on the radio?
1: I have never
5: been on the radio. Oh
0: Colin <laughs> is blowing smoke as usual. As usual. I should yep. know better by so you, now. You I really know better, should, yeah. There's no excuse. Yeah. <laughs> That's
5: what my mom tells me. As uh Jordan stated, uh, I'm glad this is on a recording, not live, because I've got a lot of gray in my beard, all caused by this job, uh-huh. and by my two boys, so yeah. it could be equal parts.
1: And, and So you 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 have a, a new baby, too, at home.
5: Yep, got an eight-month-old at home. Uh, yeah, I've been here at Silverhawk for 13 years now, just hit my 13-year anniversary. Wow. Started out as a mechanic on the floor with little to no experience at all. Mm-hmm. Worked my way up through to become an inspector, and then for my sins, Gene put me on as service manager.
1: Uh-huh. So something of – it's, it's kind of – so when you had the baby, I, the, the first thing I told you is, man, say goodbye to sleep. Uh, last time we spoke, his eight-month-old baby sleeps about 12 hours a night. And they wake him up to feed him and then put him back to sleep.
0: That's because you're third. It's penance. That's a game. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah.
5: Yeah, no, he's a, he's a champion sleeper. He's been doing that pretty much from day one. So it's been, got really lucky with him. That's awesome.
1: That's cool. So one of the things as you guys talk is the longevity of, of all of your employment here at Silverhawk. And uh, that's impressive, you know, when you, th- when you think about it, working anywhere and, you know, turnover is a massive deal. So to, to, to be in a room with, with all of you guys in an organization that we've grown to love and respect in Silverhawk and and Man so talk about it like t- tell us about the work culture like what what motivates you guys to get up every day? And 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 what's exciting like general aviation man. It's awesome. Tell us about it
0: Yeah, or actually I would say did you choose? Did you go out and choose aviation? Did you all kind of want to be in this world? Yeah,
2: yes no, I didn't choose aviation. <laughs> aviation chose me. me. I was in the retail business. I uh, was uh, managing and revitalizing uh, tire stores for a big chain throughout the Midwest, and it just happened. A buddy of mine was a well. I shouldn't say that a gal I was dating. Uh, his her sister was married to a pilot mechanic of a P-Baron. and we ended up becoming friends through that, and uh, you know, boating, hanging out, and. He took me to Iowa Western and Council Bluffs one day, I said, hey, let's go fly the helicopter, because he had a oh, helicopter wow. rating. So we went and did that, and he said, hey, I'm gonna introduce you to Earl, uh, the, the program director for the maintenance program, and next thing I knew, I, I was signed up, sold my house to pay for school, and oh. <coughs> I ended up in A&P school and graduated through that, and uh, yeah, 30 years later, uh, this is where we're at. Uh, and it's another piece of story as to how I ended up here through a couple other channels. But uh, see the evolution of what this company's done over the last, uh, you know, since I've been here in 1993, it has been pretty amazing. You know, when we started here in 1993, uh, the company's about a week, year and a half old. Had only been doing their own maintenance for about two months. I came in right off of a, a uh, Air Force contract working on jets, and that had dissolved, so I, I had options, I could either move to Texas, move to Illinois with one of those contracts, Uh, but I didn't really want to leave the area, so I ended up with these guys. I had so many of my colleagues and friends told me they were crazy for taking this job, Mm -hmm. because it was extremely low-paying. I drove from Papillion to Seward for six months, Mm. because I was in a lease in an apartment that I couldn't get out of. (laughs) (laughs) So for making less money than what my monthly bills were, that's another whole part of the story but uh, just to see where we are today and and all these people that uh, had told me you know 30 years ago even some of my own family man don't take that job that's not gonna pay off and now they all look at me like well, <laughs> glad you didn't
0: listen to us. Are you a pilot? Are you a certified pilot? I am not. I am not. Well, don't. I, hey, I don't know.
2: Thirty years ago, and I'm getting back in. You are it now. too. Now I'm getting really close to finishing up my ground <laughs> school. And you didn't
0: mention before when you're introducing yourself. What is your official title? Because I want to make sure everybody understands title. You
2: know, my official title here is maintenance
0: manager. Maintenance, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So and, I and, get the
2: opportunity to oh, just. Uh, I bring the guys water, as I call it. my job <laughs> is to make sure Ben, Scotty, Kevin, the leaders of these teams have what they need to do the jobs uh, that they've been hired mm-hmm. on to do.
0: What's the split for your employees that are pilots to those that aren't? Like, are most of them... From
2: a maintenance perspective yeah, or th- from a whole company? Uh, both. Well, from a maintenance perspective, I know we've got a couple. None of them are really active pilots. Scotty Long, he's got his pilots mm-hmm. rating. Um I don't believe anybody in avionics
1: does. Mike okay. Burns. Mike, Mike yeah, Burns, Burns, yeah. Well, yeah. you guys are he's busy. There, <laughs> yeah. He's very active. Yeah, yeah Mike's a yeah. commercial
4: yeah. instrument. Yeah. He's working on his helicopter ready.
0: Yeah.
1: So, because that's a great point. So tell us real quick a brief. What does, I mean, Silverhawk's more than just a stop for fuel and maintenance. Mm-hmm. What What? What? all do you guys do? Ben, you want to
2: let you pick this one up? I don't want to be the voice of all of
5: it. Yeah, but you are the voice of all of it. <laughs> oh, uh, Silverhawk, um, obviously, uh, is a FBO, so come land, get gas.
1: Which is a fixed base operation. Yeah, uh,
5: Get gas, get some food, hit the road again if you're doing cross-country flights. Um, we do maintenance, uh, work on anything with a propeller on the front of it, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of the, the Cessna 550, 560... 560XL line of business jets um, and then we've got avionics and so those guys they can do everything from install Wi-Fi in your Cessna jets, uh, pier static search, avionics repairs, autopilot
1: replacements, um, radio upgrades, now, when you put the auto <clears throat> pilot in, d- does it come with the blow up guy? That, the, 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 the airplane? <laughs> the,
0: the, good job, buddy. That's a good graphic. <laughs> <the, the>,
1: uh, <laughs> because my, my airplane guy's been frowning lately, yeah. and I don't, I don't Well, get it doesn't it. work. <laughs> <laughs> Next time we have to test one of those, we'll bring you in. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. good. Well done. Uh, but yeah, so, and then you guys also have a jet side, too, correct? Where you can uh, actually get flights and charter jets.
5: Yes, we also have a charter department. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've really evolved into four key pieces of the
2: business that have really separated out uh, into their own department. They're all managed and run by their own departments. They're all cumulative to the success of the mm. company, but they're completely spit out, sp- spit out, split out in, in departments and financially responsible. So you got the FBO side, which is the fueling customer service side. You've got the 135, which is the charter side, which is fractional charter lease backs. Uh, which currently entails sixteen aircraft and thirty four pilots. Oh wow, uh, t- uh, that operates through that department. We've got the avionics department, uh, which is uh, all the electronics radio part mm-hmm. of it. So a- avionics repair, avionics uh, components install, uh, said twenty four month certs, uh, Wi-Fi installations. And then we got the MRO side is what the the other term would be, and that would be the repair side, and mm-hmm. avionics and or excuse me, uh, airframe, engine inspection and repair. And then uh, we also added, as of the first of the year, we uh, made our detailing department its own independent uh, section that's responsible oh, cool. for its own financials, and and that's already in a short period of time is is showing profitable as one person in that department but we've really found the right guy that's really taken that uh, part where you know we you know we do dry washes waxes polishes boots uh, bright work uh, on the bigger airplanes so that's really expanded too so so
1: someone lands in <clears throat> lands in lincoln their plane's dirty they're here for the weekend schedule an appointment with you guys gets detailed up mm-hmm.
2: Yep, absolutely. Uh, we offer, it's, a, it's an upgrade service we offer during you know long-term inspections or maintenance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, We got base customers that will frequently say, hey, they want this done on a certain schedule. We've got the transients. If they come through, we can absolutely you know, accommodate them too. As we do the sports charters, mm-hmm. we've had those opportunities with the bigger airplanes. You know, they come in. The, yep. You know, college kids aren't the cleanest people in the world. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's so, <laughs> Yeah, so we'll bring our detailer in. He's extremely flexible. He's a young single guy. He doesn't care what hours he works. So he'll come in. and If we mm-hmm. uh, sell one of those jobs, he'll come in and clean that. You know, while the teams out doing their thing. He'll clean yeah. up the airplane. They come back. And it's ready to go on its next flight.
0: So I, to circle back to that question I asked before, because it's, it's a unique industry. It's like I was telling Colin when we first got started with Old Green Plain. I was an outsider. I, I mean, literally, my experience was flying on things that would land across the way on the commercial side.
1: The word was is a past participle. You still
0: are. You know that word. You know past parts. So, goddamn, dude, I don't give you enough credit. <laughs> really? We're it's written in the I palm just hand. learned about antecedents the other day. My daughter had some English. My antecedent, I didn't know that at all. Shit. So, uh, <laughs> but I was going to ask it's, it is an industry uh, from the outside in those that fly, and that's again been my experience with they, It's something that was a father or family member or Top Gun, <laughs> you know, like Tom Cruise, sadly. Uh, it, is you? I had asked before if you all were pilots, or in more than that, is this on purpose? You chose this, Scotty, Ben. Mm-hmm. You both said yes. What was the real quick the genesis of that? Was that uh, family growing up, or uh,
4: no? I actually started out early. It uh, probably started when my parents bought me a model airplane to, really? to fly, and I just fell in love with aviation at that point. How and old? A young, probably five. Or five. Years yeah, that's old awesome. or Younger. Yeah, and I was always building airplanes and taping seats together and pretending like cardboard and making airplanes and Mm -hmm. and uh, then I was uh, blessed and lucky enough my parents actually paid for my private pilot license uh, between my junior and senior year I flew every day and finished it up all within that that period and the the biggest blessing is my dad was terminally ill at the time he passed away when I was in high school but he was able to see me solo. Uh so that's awesome I I carry that with me so it was great yeah and and I didn't want to be a burden to my family and my mom um, so I enlisted in the Marine Corps uh, my senior year and shipped off to boot camp and uh, I knew I wanted to be in aviation probably should have went in the Air Force because I would have started out with extra ranks I was in the CAP or Mm -hmm. Civil Air Patrol but I chose the Marine Corps route and uh, Navy Marine Corps it's the best in my opinion Um, And I got all my maintenance mechanic experience there. Uh, Got out. Because you you worked
1: on the Harriers too, right? uh,
4: Yep. I was with the first operational uh, AV-8B Harrier Squadron, VMA 331 out of Cherry Point. And before that, we had A-4 Skyhawks. Uh, We stood down, received the first uh, AV-8B Harriers. And we were on the go constantly. I was out on the Guadalcanal, uh, first deployment and carrier quals on that ship. It's now at the bottom of the ocean. They use it as a target. Uh target okay. yeah and then uh, we we're out on the NASA for six months and yeah we dropped a lot of heavy ordnance wow. we made somebody's day very very bad <laughs> yeah. running yeah. running yeah. 20 minute surge hops all day and that's, that's where I learned true. the respect for the Navy sure. those guys just busted their asses mm. but uh, yeah it started early for you yeah very early yeah yep.
1: you know I I just watched a show called the disciples of flight and in there they talk about a disciple of aviation isn't necessarily just a pilot. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's people that, you know, like me, I, I was the same as you. I, mm-hmm. I grew up just dreaming yeah. about flying, and I was fortunate enough to where my folks had a plane, but when mm-hmm. my father sold it, I was still yeah, pretend flying around my yard, screaming mm-hmm. 6-2 Tango, right? Mm-hmm. It was just growing up, that's what I did.
4: And I didn't go to A&P <laughs> school. I just uh, tested out, used my military experience, and uh, got my per- permission to test slips, and uh, studied, took the tests. and. And then three years after that, I was motivated and uh, studied and uh, got my inspection authorization. And, mm-hmm. uh, but I chose to go the mechanic route instead of flying, even though I still love to fly. Uh, I, just, well, you're I was close always to it. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 But I think it makes it makes you a better all around mechanic because you know what to look for, yeah. and it's like being a car driver. You know, imagine working on a car and not driving it. Right, so <laughs> right, it, right, it, right. It just right, makes yeah, it tougher. Yeah. The it, so it, added layer of awareness. Yeah, exactly.
0: Ben, were you? uh that your? What's your story as far as getting the interest level peaked? Uh, my interest
5: level was peaked when I went up on my first flight at eight years old or so, and the pilot said, "Hey, I've got some paperwork I got to do. See that mountain up ahead of me, uh, up ahead of us? And there's a mountain range. So you know, I had anywhere from." Well, 90 degrees of available flight. I was like, yeah. He's like, fly to that one and keep this dial at this spot. <laughs> All right. I was so small I had to stand on the seat to look over the glare shield.
1: Oh, my gosh.
5: And, uh, yeah, that that got me the bug early. Uh-huh. I wanted to be a pilot, uh, a missionary pilot uh, for a long time, so I thought I'd go to the military, go to one of the academies, get my, get my pilot's license through that, and then get my – mechanics license afterwards but uh the academies uh fell through uh-huh. for various and sundry reasons least of which was the fact that i was blind as a bat without glasses <laughs>
1: <laughs> wait so you you should be able to see like right to be a pilot is that what you're saying
5: they prefer it if you can yeah. see outside the cockpit uh-huh you know which but, oh, that's yeah.
1: okay i, I could understand
5: i mean you can <clears throat> instrument rated right you don't need to be, out, be able to see outside the cockpit so yeah. who cares? <laughs> Uh, but when that fell through, I decided to, I could either get my pilot's license or my mechanic's license, and I figured mechanics made more money, mm-hmm. and I guessed wrong, <laughs> and uh, became a mechanic, and pilot's license is kind of still a, it'd be an end goal, but it'd be one of those, I'd get it, and then I'd never use it, mm-hmm. so why waste the money to get it? Yeah. I can fly, just not
1: legally. Right. <clears throat> Well, we'll we'll edit that part out because we, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but that's interesting you guys talk about the mechanics and, and flying because to me, I wish I would have gotten more mechanics training than just the, the pilot training because I'll, I'll give you a quick story. Right after we did, we'll, t- we'll talk about some maintenance, but the first flight in our plane, once we got it back, Gene and I took it up and flying amazing and all of a sudden the cabin starts filling up with smoke and I'm like what the hell let's turn around he's like ah no it's just uh the 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 vents clearing out as they heat up they've got some stuff from shipping and stuff and no big deal but if you don't have that comfort and that you know as a pilot the first thing we do is start reaching for a fire extinguisher and a place to land Mm -hmm. But if you don't have that knowledge, all of a sudden, you, you know, you, you can pucker up pretty quickly. So I respect the the mechanics that are also pilots and and, and, and are in the airplane too. Jordan, uh, so tell us a brief about your uh, how did you how did you get into uh, uh, airplane mechanics? Um, right. Uh, so you, so. Yeah, did, I, didn't,
3: I did not choose aviation uh, either. Um, I started out. I went to Iowa State to be a chemical engineer.
5: Uh-huh.
3: And. Uh, didn't study enough studied other things instead.
1: <laughs> I plus, studied the chemical part of yeah, the engineers. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> plus the uh,
3: it was the it was the toughest major on campus as well so you know I still passed and got C's without ever studying but I just knew I wasn't gonna be able to continue that major without it taking 10 years and so I took a semester off, thinking about what I needed or what I wanted to do. And I remember visiting Iowa Western as a high school trip, and oh, they have aviation maintenance. I like to work on stuff and get dirty, and and thought it was kind of cool. I didn't want to work on a car, and I didn't really have any mechanical experience, you know, except for changing oil. But went through that program at Iowa Western, and uh, there was a guy a class ahead of me that started working here at Silverhawk, and so I just kind of followed him down here once mm-hmm. I graduated, and been here ever since. That's a cool story. you know, it's, getting dirty is still cool, but if I would have known how hard some of these things are to work on, oh, I might have changed my mind again, but <laughs> it's been rewarding, you know? Yeah. For You know, way beyond what, I mean, we always bitch about airplanes every day, that's just what it's- Part of it. It's part of the being a mechanic, if you're not cussing at it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Working hard or something. <laughs> you, you, you know, you're you're also you could you could probably throw in with 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 Jordan, um, very avid, uh, must be a very avid yoga almost yoga instructor because when I came in one day, you were stretched across the cockpit, and you had legs and arms everywhere trying to get stuff under that fusel or under that uh, panel of, of of six two tango. Yeah. Uh, very impressed. It,
3: uh, that one bit me many times. <laughs> got, I think all the scratches are finally healed, but it did help that I, I had back surgery when I was only like 34 just from twisting and bending around, working on airplanes, mm-hmm. falling on the ice. But they told me I had like a 75-year-old back, uh-huh. like 34 years old. And that, that's
0: part of it. You got to
3: really contort yourself Yeah. on some of these jobs.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask, so we have, like as you guys in your profession, you see the... You've seen the evolution. I mean, the plane, Butch, is 1960. You guys work on planes, I imagine, that cover the spectrum from new to old. Uh, I feel like you're in a better position to talk about this than probably most. What is... Because a plane is one of those rare instruments where it both holds someone, right, and needs to be light. So it needs to be efficient and yet capable. (laughs) And typically in the rest of our world, that means cheap, right? That's usually... But I, I would hopefully not state that new uh, planes are that right because they still have to get up and get in the air and protect people and blah 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 so what what do you guys see as you've seen or work on planes of different ages and have used pro, uh, parts that are both you know probably old or then now new what is the biggest change and just talk planes obviously in terms of the quality of way they're built the craftsmanship and how does that make you think about the rest of the world you live in? In other words, is it just a bunch of cheap shit that we're all <laughs> using that's from a different country, or you know, is maybe building and, and working on and the parts that are used to build out and keep planes active are they one of those rare things that are always nice and new and perfect and good? You know, because I'll be honest, from just tell me that regardless, because <laughs> 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 but I imagine that's not the case, I and mean, it's just not the case you know.
2: Well, for one thing, these old airplanes, I think, are pretty amazing from the perspective. I truly believe, and we talk about it, when they built these airplanes, definitely back in the 60s and 70s, they didn't anticipate these airplanes living 50 years. <sighs> they, they truly had a vision that airplanes were going to be like cars. That we'd all have like
0: one, and new one every 10 years. Yes. Yes, okay.
2: Everybody would own one. Air travel would be more popular. I don't think they anticipated what the cost was going to end uh, up being, and so they didn't expect these airplanes to live that long. But they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, OGP is a perfect example. You know, it's 50, 40, 60 years old. Yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, but through that, uh, they still make parts for them. You'd never find that in the automotive industry. And then from the navionics side, you know, you can do those upgrades there. Uh, I think the biggest thing you see, and OGP is a perfect example, those airplanes get that old, they unfortunately fall into the wrong hands. Mm -hmm. They fall into the hands of people who really want an airplane. They get in such a poor state of repair that they can seem really cost-effective from an acquisition point. You can buy them reasonably priced, but most people that are buying into that market, they don't have the resources and maybe they're not using the type of technicians they're going to help hold them to a higher standard, and that's where some of these older airplanes can really suffer. And at some point, somebody needs to come in and with those airplanes and invest in them more than they're worth mm-hmm. uh-huh. to get them back up to, to a reasonable, you know, state of repair. As, a, as an example, you know, OGP that airplane new is a 600 plus thousand dollar airplane. So, you know, we had an old gentleman that, uh, he was our general manager here for a while. He he always had a great process of, you know, when he would talk to people about, you know, y- you don't have, you're not buying a hundred thousand dollar airplane if you're buying an older, like a Piston Twin. He goes, you're buying a million dollar airplane for a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And those expenses are gonna, yeah. you know, transpire over a period of time. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, to continue to you know maintain and operate that airplane mm-hmm. safely so that's where getting with somebody like Colin that takes an old airplane is willing to you know invest in it well more than they could ever resell it for uh, to get it back to close to where it once was into a reasonable state of good repair safe for everybody involved whether it be somebody in the airplane or somebody on the ground mm-hmm. yeah uh, those customers are very <coughs> rare for us uh, Silverhawk has evolved to a point that's not our customer base anymore. <clears throat> our customer base is, you know, we're into the, the turboprops, the jets, and late model single engine airplanes. You know, Cirrus Aircraft really revolutionized the market when they came in and built that airplane they do. And our customer base has moved from most of our clients are not aviation enthusiasts. Mm. Uh, they are high-net-worth people mm-hmm. with high-dollar aircraft, whether it be jets, whether it be turboprops, or high-end single-engine airplanes. You know, The airplanes that we see on a regular basis are $300,000-plus value <laughs> airplanes. The new series is they're pushing a million dollars. Those guys, ex- their expe- expectation is the same kind of uh, service level they would see. With their Lexus, BMW, mm-hmm. Cadillac, Mercedes dealers, so we treat them differently. Mm-hmm. You know? Price doesn't matter, within reason, reason. of course, <laughs> but uh, they want, they, their expectation is, and we do everything we kind of deliver that, is, you know, what's wrong with it, okay, when can you get to it, how much is it going to cost, but I'm going to have it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's all they want to know. They're, they're not going to, you know, argue over the price of the repair. It's I'll pay it. Just yeah. Better be right and yeah. be ready when I want to ready. Yeah.
1: You know, but that, <clears throat> that that brings up an interesting point, Gene, because when you look at uh, airplane ownership, a lot of guys, you know, especially on forums and you look on Facebook, and people are always like, "Hey, look, I'm 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 trying to buy this plane. What do you guys think it's worth?" And when I see things like that, I always I, I always comment. You know, the plane's worth whatever you're willing to pay and invest into it. I think that it, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people they they put so much value into what a, what a piece of paper says something's worth. You know, I look at like six uh, two Tango as it's it's priceless to me. I don't think we'll ever sell it. I think it'll be handed down to my kids, and you know, it's a multi generational thing. Um, but that was a tough pill to swallow when you and I were sitting penciling out, you know, exactly what we needed to do to that plane, and and. but you said a mouthful because you know we used to have a 172 that you know half a million dollar plane well equipped what do you do do you buy an older plane and and invest the money or go new i I think that's up to the 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 pilot but scotty and i were talking one day and you look at some of those older planes and just they're old tanks man i just i love them that
4: in the 50s and 60s and 70s they're just tanks. They, the aging fleet is definitely a problem, but uh, a lot of these uh, airplanes, they have not uh, changed. You look at uh, an old Bonanza mm-hmm. and a new Bonanza, g G36 or whatever, it's the same airframe. So uh, in my mind, I'd rather buy an airplane with more time on it and just do a real good pre-buy inspection on it and go through and make it mine, put the avionics I want in it and whatever I want with the airframe. And... Uh, that and the older airframes are actually, I think they're built better. Um, example is your aircraft. We changed out the firewall and the tunnels in the in, uh, in the uh, cockpit, and uh, there everything just lined up. I, I, Jordan had to, I mean, you know, very few uh, rivets. Uh, uh, what word am I looking for? We didn't have to relocate uh, many of the. Yeah, they first just strap the
3: and the craftsmanship on the older ones. Yeah, it's just, just a the lot way better. the elevators come together. It's. Instead of putting a plastic tip on there, you know, it's uh, there's the lines and the flow of mm-hmm. the craftsmanship, and obviously they put things together all the same as well yeah. on I the older you. airplanes. Because yeah, like the parts we had, I just lined up like they were meant to go in there, so that made the mm-hmm. that job a lot easier and too. If you
4: take some of the new airplanes, I guarantee you, like a two Cessna 172s that were built sister ships, I would call them one behind the other. Yeah, you take yeah. something off of it and try to put on the other one, like the new new aircraft it won't fit
3: and so but as far as yeah the airplanes really haven't changed just the you know like the interior just the, and paint jobs and mm-hmm. you know they still i mean we still use the same technology on the yeah. engines today that they invented in the 30s mm-hmm. yeah. so the, the wood you know it's t- tried and true it works uh, so the wood
4: structures and the, if i can say it monocoque structures it's not a bad word uh, is, is, uh, it's a proven, proven technology and the composite aircraft, as much as I like the Cirrus aircraft, uh, um, it's still to be determined how those fuselages, you know, act at 12, 15,000 hours, you know, are those throwaway airplanes? What, you know, what, what are they going to do with them? Are you going to see a 60 year old Cirrus still flying around? You can see somebody take a Cirrus, you know, 100 years from now and restore it. It's like, oh, man, I got a classic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, that yes. will
1: be interesting. I, I think about that quite a bit. On uh, w- w- The planes you see today, are they still going to be around? You know, like um, a good friend of mine just built a 1943 uh, J-3 Cub. And, you know, is someone going to do that to a Cirrus in, 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 in 80 years? I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting. To find. Cirrus, Cirrus wants you to, right? I mean, th- that's why they're building and yeah. designing them.
0: Um, I was going to ask, because you guys, you just made me think you guys are sitting on the edge of the technology spectrum. So you're seeing all the newest parts and the actual planes come out. Have you seen anything like I've seen through the years in like literature? It seems like periodically, every decade or so, someone will come along and a new individual flying car or, you know, flying boat or something to revolutionize. Because. Uh, I think Gene or Scotty, you mentioned before. Like they used to build them. Like we were, I think as you mentioned, Gene, that they used to build them. Like everybody's going to buy them frequently because the the dream back then was a flying for you know plane for everyone kind of idea. That didn't take hold for some of the reasons why you're exactly describing. But now I see this renewed energy around just changing the way transportation is done in general. And at least me, my novice brain seeing outside. Going, man. I, wh- when is the next? When is the flying car? Well, you can't get people to use their well on but I know. And well, you but the, put in the air? this is what I'm asking. There's like a rare group of people. The people who we've had on are not. You know, they're they're like they're not like you. They're like me. So it's a really good question to ask. Have you seen anything come down the pipe, or are you seeing things out there in trade magazines or talking with each other where you're like, oh yeah, that's gonna maybe now that dream will come true of a person, or is it still now nah, that's bullshit? Yeah go ahead. Ben, did you want to you want to say something sorry, Gina? I saw I saw the eyes moving. Yeah, you're going to have to hold on the base.
5: Um there are as you said, there's constantly other hey, maybe this is going to happen this time. And in the last 10 years I've seen, I don't know, 10, 15 different companies come up with their idea of this is going to be a new flying car or um, the an airplane that I can it's going to be a seaplane that I can Tow to the lake on a trailer, can store it in my garage, and then hop in and fly anywhere I want to, yeah. and then be able to land at a marina, get an Uber to wherever I'm going, then fly back home when I'm done. All those look great. Uh, quite often, they get to the past design stage, they get a couple of test bed production models, and it just kind of just stalls out at that point. It mm-hmm. gets into the the litigation. <laughs> The insurance, uh, the FAA, who is very, very much a damage control, Mm -hmm. risk averse -averse (laughs) entity, you know, they don't want – they want to make sure that, okay, if you can hop in your car, drive down the street, take off and fly to Mm Poughkeepsie, land, do your dentist appointment, then fly back home again – they wanna make sure that that person who's flying that car is not gonna endanger everyone else in the yeah, air around right, them. Right. And so that's, right then you start rolling right back into, okay, POTS licenses, yeah, yeah, medicals, and that puts a hard break on everything. And so it's a very small niche market if it ever actually becomes, a- becomes something. It's mm-hmm. If it could get fully automated for um, avoidance, traffic avoidance. You know, you just go, "Hey, I'm gonna fly to the zoo in Omaha. Find me a parking spot in lot B." Yeah. Then, then great, and it automatically talks, avoids, everything's fine. But I mean, that's Blade Runner 2049 <laughs> technology right there.
0: That actually, you know, that was now. The yeah, movie that's, is that's actually set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The original yeah. one was now, and I'm being like, that's not even close. Harrison Ford looks yeah. way different. Yeah, I think.
4: Uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. I think the next thing is probably the iPlane, I call it, where you because uh, uh, avionics and technologies really, you're going to see the biggest advantages, like Ben was saying, mm-hmm. where you'll just take your iPad, put it on the instrument panel, and it becomes your instrument panel, mm-hmm. and uh, self-diagnosis, your airplane will say, I need oil. Yeah. And, or you plug in, that, or it just sends you a text message, you know, my tires are low. And stuff like that. It's gonna that, be more that, technological. That's and they're actually getting there with the Cirrus. Cirrus. Yeah, it yeah, feels Cirrus like it's aircraft. coming quicker. And than auto land. The... The Cirrus has got the auto, auto land. land? Yeah. yeah, yeah. In an emergency, you yeah, can push it's a, a button. Shape, but it's real. That's yeah, real. Like
0: I could do it, like this idea you of Ben? Yeah. yeah, you don't even have to yeah, be a pilot,
4: it be a pilot. Yeah. and the aircraft See? will land itself in an emergency.
0: Okay. Have you guys
1: ever experienced that? Have
4: you seen it or worked on it or uh, installed it? Has anybody installed it? Other than losing an engine on an approach, I haven't.
2: Yeah, that system's coming. There's two aircraft that have it out there. The SF-50 Sears Jet, okay, and all new 2020s are coming out with it. Wow, they're not activated yet. The FAA hasn't approved it yet. Oh, okay. So all 2020s being manufactured will be uh, set up for it, but since they're not ready yet, they are delivering without it being activated. And then we'll have to get done out in the field, prepaid by Cirrus. It'll be about $150,000 to finish it up uh. per airplane. So we're excited about that opportunity that we can get those. Yeah, <laughs> But they're, uh, Cirrus is researching right now it has that uh, if, they, if it'd be cost-effective to make a service bulletin kit... To make it retroactive into all 2019 models, mm. but it wouldn't go back beyond that because it would have to be a G2, a generation two airplane. Okay, that has what they call auto throttle. If it doesn't have an auto throttle, it's not going to work. Now, the <coughs> there's one other aircraft. The Piper Meridian has it too. The new, the 2020 Meridians have it. It's called the Halo system. So Cirrus is called Autoland. Piper Meridian's called Halo. And I talked to a customer actually yesterday that bought a new one because of that. Wow! He's waiting for it to get approved so it can get activated in his Meridian. So those are the two models out there that have it. And it is, Craig, simple as if the pilot becomes incapacitated, you push a button up in the ceiling, a passenger pushes the button, and the airplane takes over itself. And uh, it contacts, it squawks 7,700 on the transponder, saying it's wow. emergency. It, it automatically contacts the nearest uh, control, whatever center uh, may be in its jurisdiction. It finds the closest, safest airport that's capable for that airplane. It'll navigate weather, okay. and it'll shoot its approaches, land and break, yeah. and come to a stop. Yeah. No. Going over any terrain. Now, of course, it won't, it can't taxi itself off yeah, the
0: runway, right. but it will break itself. But that's stop. coming. Yeah. I and mean, that's going to come here. next. It's here. It's here. You know, it's the ability to auto, but I mean, like this whole automated, exactly. I mean, this vision, Ben, that you mentioned. It needs to happen, yes.
2: But the does goal, it, Cirrus's vision is autonomous aircraft okay. for the 135 world, where you just roll out, climb in the airplane, and it goes and does its thing and drops off its passengers. It's like you were
0: looking at my notes. The thing I'm really intrigued by is at what point. Then, okay, because Colin and I talk about this. One of the original sit-down moments we had was, what is our goal with Old Green Plane? There's lots of them doing some random-ass shit was probably my, at the top of the list, but uh, which we've succeeded. Uh, the other one is general awareness about general aviation. Just take my own experience as evidence of that. I, you know, at Oshkosh last year, sat down, him and I, kind of, you know, one of those rare moments where we're not trying to be funny or on camera. And I'm like, man, I would genuinely try to be a pilot. And that was a complete 180 from where I, and I probably, maybe I'd been drinking, I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> or was hungover or both. But, uh, what I was getting at is what is the stop? Like, where's the, why hasn't, why is an aviation? Because I mean, you say it all the time, Colin, that like there's a lack and shortage of pilots. I don't know if, you know, for your charter side of things, if you're struggling there, but I mean, what, what is the gap? Why, why hasn't there been a growth in aviation? I, some of it I sense is cost. Cost of acquisition, cost of the ability to get into it just to begin with. But if I'm just a random kid right now, or 16 year old doesn't have, you know, father has a plane or whatever. Where is that story beginning these days, or is that non-existent? Or
2: well, well Ben, Ben hit it pretty close. Is what am I going to do with my license once I have it? Mm-hmm. It's an unfortunate reality that, and I can tie another piece into it, just society itself. Yeah, If you go back 40, 50 years, if you go back to your father, I don't know his background, but I'm sure he wasn't a horribly wealthy man, Mm -hmm. but they probably made their choice in life. You know what? We'll have an X dollar number of house, and we'll drive some older, decent vehicles because we want an airplane for the family. Mm -hmm. Uh, That isn't going to happen today. Uh, Like Ben shared, you can go get your license, but if you need to rent an airplane, and if it's going to cost you $150 an hour to rent an airplane... Yeah, where's that going to come from? Yeah, uh, out of a family budget when most families—I'm not saying Ben. I know he doesn't operate that way. But you look at most young people that get out of college. You know, you might have a two-family or two-person income. Maybe they make eighty, ninety thousand a piece right, right, right. at twenty-two, twenty-four, which is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. But what have they done with that? They bought two brand new fifty, sixty thousand-dollar cars, and they yeah. probably are in a three to four hundred thousand-dollar home. Yeah they've left nothing yeah. f- for something different. They focus on, I want this, I got to have this. Well, no, I don't have room for that instead mm-hmm. of sacrificing.
1: It's priorities, right? And and so, like, when we sit in here, we talk about disciples of flight, which we all are, uh, you know, if, if 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 aviation's in your blood whether it's working on planes, buying planes, selling planes, whatever we're doing in aviation, if it's a priority, it's in your blood. You find a way to do it, right? And I think a lot of kids now just they, they right away it's, oh, that's too expensive. And so they get turned off by it. But, you, you know, if you look at some of the guys that, like, the fastest piece of aviation right now in general aviation is, is backcountry flying. And you look at these guys and – man, the technology that they're putting in these little kit planes, it's nuts, you know. Um, And and you get into those planes, and then they don't have the, you know, they're experimental, and they don't have the FAA, the approvals needed, so they're buying the same instrumentation we are, but they're doing it at pennies on the dollar, you know, and that that stuff, uh, you you know, I I, I wouldn't do that, but, man, there's some guys doing some pretty amazing things. See, people can't
2: build an affordable airplane, unfortunately, because of the liability insurance. Mm -hmm. I was meeting with our Cirrus field service rep the other day, and I'm amazed how Cirrus can even be profitable. I'm thankful they are, but every SR serial number they put out, $300,000 per airplane is what it costs them to assure. They have to assure each serial number from a product liability. So why do they cost so much? Because $300,000 per SR, and that's just a single-engine piston. Yeah, so what's, pretty much what's a jet cost? You know, Are they a million and a half per serial number? I don't know. Mm. So they have to go and insure with Lloyd's London every single airplane. Mm. That's, I did not know that. That's amazing. For, mm. I believe, 10 years, 10 or, uh, maybe it's 15 years, whatever that. Uh-huh. Liability thing is so it's a one time premium but per serial number.
0: It's wild because you that, I had, I didn't know that, so that is new information to me, which makes sense maybe less or more. Of what I'm going to say is Colin brought up that the backcountry, the stole guys, um, I mean, some of their people are on Instagram or whatever. It's it's made for Instagram, <laughs> it's made for people to see flies and all that. But what has always struck me as the most valuable part of it, and you said it right when we walked in, it's a time machine. I mean, not only just gaining time back, but just access, the way I change my thinking when we're getting ready to go places. I mean, if you're talking about one thing I feel like everybody's trying to buy back more of these days, it's just time, <laughs> you know? So how I, I, that's partly, partially where I've wanted to spread the kind of goodwill of aviation. It, it, it's a legit time. So some of these costs that you're – to me, it's worth it. <laughs> uh, now, I don't incur them because I sit here and fly next to them. <laughs>
1: well, you know, that's – so – but speaking of that, I don't. I wish Jordan would have talked about. We did, didn't we? Put auto land in six two tango for Craig, <clears> and <throat> all he has to do is cut the throttle and push <laughs> forward. Yeah. It'll land. Yeah. I'm not sure he'll he walk away from it, own. but. He's <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah these are
0: all things that don't We're make sense to me so, so <laughs> I, have, I have a funny
1: story about that jordan so so uh gene and i we went flying around and in in two, and every single time i was about to land he's like get that damn nose
5: up <laughs> jordan <laughs> will kill you <ya>. jordan will <laughs> <I'm laughs> kill you i'm not doing it again yeah,
4: no. <laughs> no we said we would all quit <laughs> <laughs> no you didn't you love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no you
1: didn't you, listen no he's just kidding uh, uh, so, well, guys, I really appreciate you guys taking time out of your days. We don't want to keep you guys away from work, but really appreciate all the work you guys do. Um, so I've been lucky enough to experience all all four corners of Silverhawk. I, I was lucky enough to fly one of your King Airs. I felt like a rock star. It was an amazing experience. Uh, that, so the charter side of things. I've obviously experienced quite a bit of your maintenance side of things. Uh, again, treated like a rock star, and I don't, I don't feel like I was – I was given special treatment. I feel like every one of your customers says the same thing. If you want it done and done right, you bring it to Silverhawk. Um, I experience your your line guys on a, on a weekly, daily basis. Awesome stuff. Um, I just can't say enough about all you guys do for aviation in our area and, and aviation in the Midwest. And uh, so we really appreciate it. And yes. and again, uh, thanks for your time and your professionalism and. Uh, we just can't wait to see what's about to come up. Does anybody want a, anybody
0: want a shout out? Jordan, you got an Instagram feed? You want anybody? Or a blog series? You want anybody to? No, I don't,
3: I don't do any of those things. Uh-huh. I'm old school. Yeah. <laughs> I'm lucky <like, laughs> I even have a phone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anybody else? I want to make sure you all get a chance to you know, follow I say hi, mom.
4: Be sure to we'll look up sure. uh, Scotty G. Long on Instagram. Scotty G. Long. Yes.
1: Will, yeah. Yep. It's if you like all good. things cool, that's for sure. That's so, awesome. Ben, you got any? Anything you want to plug? I
5: got nothing. You I am nothing. completely boring online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
1: good. Well, you make up for it in real life, so just we appreciate good. it. Just good. <laughs> just good looks. Yeah. I just
2: want to make sure everybody's aware as they hear that this has really been a group effort. and uh, So the way things have grown over the years and you know, all these positions these guys hold, I used to hold them all under one hat. And just through the growth of the company and the blessings that we've had to have the good people come here, to have been able to hand these off to uh scotty long the chief inspector ben taylor the service manager those are really key pieces and and jordan you know i was the smartest guy in the shop now jordan tells me i'm the dumbest guy in the shop yes so So, i'm the best mechanic (laughs) jordan grow up the way he has to really relieve that pressure of i had to know everything i had to do everything uh, of course, anymore Jordan. Now if I walk out there, he'll just say, "Get your ass back in the <laughs> office, or you break something." Uh-huh. You're asking me stupid questions. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've been on that end of things when I've walked in before, and he just he le- he turns around and leaves. Especially if I'm carrying a camera.
4: Every once
2: in a while, he will give me words encouragement. "Hey, that was a pretty good question. I'm surprised." He always has to throw that jab in at the end. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, thank you, Colin, you really uh, revitalized. I think some energy is an excitement. You know, somebody actually brought an old airplane in and was willing to invest the time and energy into it to make it as it should be once again. And We don't see that often. We work on a lot more newer stuff. And
4: That's why we really got into
2: aviation. That was fun. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Project. That's awesome.
1: Well, thanks, guys. really appreciate
0: you, and uh, we'll have you wrap it up, Craig. Yeah, no, I don't need to. Shit, that was good. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much.
4: Thank you, Peace.
0: Wasn't that fun? See, I told you. You got to trust old Craig. He knows. <laughs> and you sat through this long. You got to listen to our last and great uh, sponsor, which you already probably know who it is. It's old Silverhawk Aviation. And that's not the reason we had him on. Those guys were great and a ton of fun to have on and talk. But we definitely want to give a shout out to uh, everyone at Silverhawk Aviation by reading this right here. Since 1991, Silverhawk Aviation located right here in Lincoln, Nebraska, not too far away from me has brought customers the absolute best experience for charter flyers all over the Midwest. From a full lineup of Cessna Citation jets to King Air turboprops, Silverhawk Aviation gives you the freedom to fly where you want, when you want. Travel in total privacy while you avoid the inconvenience of long drives and those long, long lines. And Not only do they provide the best-in-class charter experience, but Silverhawk is also a trusted services provider, which I think you definitely all understand that now. From quick turns for you pilots who need to get in, fuel up, and get out, to FAA-certified maintenance and the best-in-class avionics upgrades, repairs, maintenance, and more, which we definitely know all about, Silverhawk Aviation has something for all you aviation fans out there. Check them out at silverhawkaviation.com. Again, that's silverhawkaviation.com. See you next time.